0: Hello everyone, welcome to A Millennial learn. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today I'm coming at you from Michigan. I am staying with my in-laws. My husband and I traveled out here to stay out here. So exciting, I love being out here. We're working for the week and it's been working well so far. I did just see, like it was a fall, cloudy, sort of gray day and thousands and thousands of bird ki- birds flew over us making this very, very high-pitched, chirp like thousands of them seemed like the hunger games it was very scary and eerie and very odd but other than that we're having a great time we've been walking through the forest behind their house mushroom hunting i've learned a lot about what mushrooms you can eat and not eat so that's been really fun and we're just having a blast here so we're here for another weekend to see the fall leaves they're starting to change they're not fully there but they're definitely starting so i'm excited about that and that's the scoop that's the life update let's just jump right into the episode it might be a short one because i am talking about these scottish highland games today and they're very very interesting they are definitely very interesting but we got dinner in like 25 minutes that i want to get up there for it's chimichangas it's my favorite dinner that is made here so i'm so hyped for the chimichangas. And, um, I did a lot of research. Like there's definitely a lot of history and good things about the Scotland Highland Highland games, but I don't have like pages upon pages of notes like I sometimes do. So this might be a shorter episode anyway. So I figured it was good. So let's get into the Scotland Highland games. (laughs) Okay, so why am I talking about the Scotland Highland Games today seems very random. I've been really into like Jewish culture, not necessarily Scottish culture for a while. (laughs) So seems random, but I did watch part of, or maybe the whole thing. I don't know if we finished it, but there's a new um, documentary on Netflix about the Highland Games. Basically, like it follows a couple athletes, I think, and explains the events of it and then we did the dna test for my husband on ancestry.com cuz i've been as you know pretty obsessed with like the family trees and things like that and so we decided to do the dna test and he is very scottish like it was basically like an even split between english irish and scottish um and so the mix of those two things happening together I was like I need to do an episode about the Scotland Highland Games and it just seemed like a good week to do it like it's a fun week we're somewhat on vacation you know we're like working from a different spot and so I just figured like we should do this lighthearted episode about these games because we have done one on the Olympics and it's kind of similar to the Olympics but it's just kind of cooler and more unique events so um the history of this is that it has been part of Scotland's culture for over a thousand years. So these games are like ancient. Um, it says similar gatherings have been have taken place even before Jesus' time, so like before the founding of Christianity. In those times, the athletes were, each clan's strongest warrior so there used to be these clans which were like family groups and they would go and compete and show who their strongest warrior was and they were the ones to compete in the games um it wasn't just like for any old joe schmo it was like a strategic thing to pick out strongest warriors so the first official games like not modern but the first one on record Um, was in the 11th century during the reign of King Malcolm and King Malcolm staged this as like a more official one because like I said these had been happening for quite a long time but this um, this new one that he made Malcolm III he staged it to officially see who the fastest and strongest was so that he could choose again like his messengers like the One of them is running, so he would see who his messengers would be for, like, the running events. And then also there were feats of strength, so he could see who the best and strongest warriors were. So, again, this is a more official one, but it still serves the same purpose as, like, with the clans, where it just is trying to distinguish the men and the warriors um, from the people who are not very good at fighting. So um, it was very practical. The first free games it's called, uh, where it was less about the warrior side and more just kind of for fun it seems like, was held at Ceres in Fire in 1314. So um, they continued from 1314 until 1746, and this is really crazy, then I did not know a law like this was passed. So in 1746, it's called the Act of Prescription, Proscription. Was enforced by the English and what that law did was because there was conflict between these two the act of prescription made it so that practicing any Scottish traditions like playing the bagpipes or wearing kilts was punishable by death which I mean I know there's been some very very extreme laws about like cultures and practicing cultures and stuff like that. I didn't exactly realize that the English and the Scottish were at such... Um, like that they ever were fighting so much that if you wore a kilt, you could be killed. Um, that seems obviously pretty crazy like in t- today's standards. I wonder if it seemed that crazy back then. I mean, this is in the time, like this is leading up to the American revolution uh 1746 is when this act passed and 1776 is when you know the the revolution started so like maybe this was in a period of english of the english being you know very overreaching and all of that so it's kind of the lead up i think things were getting very tense all around england so anyway this is what eng what england passed in 1746 It wasn't repealed until decades later which I believe was they said it was in place for over 40 years so sometime like well into the Revolutionary War was like the first time you could wear a kilt again and I don't think there were a lot of Scottish like immigrants at that exact time so probably didn't affect people in America much but just to give you a time reference of like the vague (laughs) time period that this was happening in they could not no one in you know, in Scotland could wear kilts until like America was almost a new nation. That is crazy. Okay. So, but after that was repealed, like 40 years later, the Highland Games started again because Highland societies began to form um, and to really celebrate the the culture and keep it alive after such a, a big period of it being... Outlawed, So these Highland societies began to form to like reconnect these family groups and clans and um, just areas within Scotland. The Highland Games started again with the same style today. So if you remember back to the Olympic um, episode, it was very similar to this. I was really shocked by the similarities between the Olympic Games and the Scotland Highland Games because both of them started kind of started really ancient and... Were you know continued in this ancient style until a law was passed or some government kind of overreached and didn't allow it? There was a large gap, and then they came back in a different way, and that's kind of our modern Olympics or Scotland Highland Games. So, quick recap for the Olympic one it was because, um, Constantine was it no, um yeah, it must have been, it was Constantine, I think his name is, <laughs> um, outlawed all pagan holidays. The Olympics used to be celebrated during the Festival of Zeus, and so the Olympics were kind of connected in his mind as a um, pagan holiday, and so they were outlawed for many, many years, and then someone revived it, brought it back, and that is how we now celebrate the modern Olympics. So this one was this act of prescription. It was Basically, the Highland Games were dead for 40 years, and then these Highland Societies began again once that was repealed. So very, very similar. It's like a mirror to the Olympic Games. Very interesting. So the first society gathering and modern Highland Games took place at Falkirk in Scotland, and then events started to take place throughout Scotland in the decades that followed. So I had always thought that the Scotland Highland Games was like one gathering place in Scotland. Like it, I thought it was like the Olympics where it would be like, okay, you know, we're in Tokyo 2020. Well, I thought it was just obviously every year, but I thought it was always in Scotland and just one event. So there was just like one Scotland Highland Games. But actually what I've learned through all this is there are a ton of games throughout Scotland every year. So um, it wasn't just at Falkirk that the first one would be at Falkirk, but then as the years went on, it'd be at Falkirk and five other cities, or like Falkirk and 10 other cities, you know. So it just expanded, and all these different regions had their own games. So, okay, so then Scotland immigrants begin to move elsewhere. Now, this makes a lot more sense, like I was saying. This kind of was repealed and it started, um getting formed again. The Highland Games started being put on again around the time that America was was being formed. And so obviously not a lot of probably Scottish immigrants were moving over right at the height of a Revolutionary War. But once they did start moving, once America was formed and everything had calmed down, then there were eventually enough Scottish immigrants that wanted to celebrate their culture And there were enough of them that moved to America to organize the first American Highland Games in New York in 1836. So that is a big milestone and it makes way more sense that it would be 60 years after the Revolutionary War started as opposed to right then. So that's when there were a lot of Scottish people in uh, I believe it was New York um, in 1836. So that's when We've had it, and I always thought that we were just trying to, re- like, the reason why we had a bunch, so, like, Colorado has a Highland Games, you know, we went to one in Estes, I think, and then, you know, all these mountain towns all have Highland Games. It's very similar to the, the thing about, you know, how Scotland ho- holds them with, like, having a lot of Highland Games. Um... I thought again that Scotland just had one and we were kind of knocking it off you know to have a bunch in all these different cities but it turns out we actually do run it very similar to Scotland where kind of each city can host their own okay so let's go over events so (laughs) the events are awesome I really enjoyed reading about these because I've always seen them but I didn't really know any of the rules or or what um, the official goal was. So the caper toss is, I think is the most famous. And this is where I didn't really know how it was judged because it's the one where a guy will take a big log and he'll run with it, stop and then hoist it end over end and have it fall down. Okay. So I was like, how do you judge this? The caper toss, you so the the caber which is the big log is always 20 feet and you have to throw it as far as possible but it's not only judged on distance you also have to judge it i mean it's also judged based off of straightness so you have a spot that you're supposed to throw it from they judge the the distance that the furthest end of the log ends up so first of all you have to again throw it end over end if it doesn't go end over end then you automatically lose a lot of people since it's 150 pounds do not are not able to actually throw it correctly so the first obstacle is to throw it the second uh kind of obstacle is to throw it far and then the third one is as it's falling over its end it falls and they you know straight in front of you they count as zero degrees and they judge based off of you know the 360 degrees of a circle what degree off of zero you were and the straightest and furthest person wins okay then we have the hammer throw which is similar to like the olympics hammer throw except for you can't Spin around you're only allowed to turn 180 degrees as you're throwing it So your feet have to be planted and there's these special shoes that have spikes into the ground so you don't move so they Kind of it's kind of goofy looking, but you basically have both hands on this 22 well it's, you have your hands on a wooden handle and at the other side of the wooden handle there's a 22 pound metal ball and So again, instead of you spinning your whole body around, you just stand still and hold this handle and swing both of your arms down in front of you and then up and around over your head and down and down and do that a couple times. And then eventually you rotate from the waist, turn 180 degrees and chuck this hammer, as they call it, as far as you can. So that one's just based off of distance and you have to throw it within a certain area of the course you can't just like throw it behind you or something um so that's the hammer throw then there's the stone put it's very very similar to like a shot put if you know what that is in like track and field similar to the olympic event but it is actually kind of funny because instead of like you having an official um like a shot or whatever they call it like an official stone Instead, part of the Highland Games is you go to a nearby river, pick out a stone from the bottom, it has to be around 18 pounds, but I believe everyone uses the same stone, so it doesn't matter um, what the actual weight is, but you have to have a rock that's about 18 pounds, and it's just a stone from a nearby river, and you throw that from behind a line. Very, very similar to the shot put. And I think that's just fun. It adds a little local element to it. You're like chucking a rock in the river that is right nearby. Like that's, I don't know, that's kind of fun. Then there is the weight for height. It's called Um, athletes throw a 56 pound weight over a crossbar from one hand or with one hand just from a standing position. So they don't get a running start. They just stand under this bar. They take a 56 pound weight in one hand and chuck it over a bar and that's that's all they get three attempts at each height if they complete it they you know they go through all the athletes at one height and then if they complete it they go up and the person who throws at the highest wins so pretty simple i like how all of these are simple but they're just so fun and then of course there's a tug of war which um it's teams of 15 and you have to pull the team forward six feet very standard tug of war And then there's the hill race where you run up a hill. And that one is what chose originally, like the messengers as opposed to the warriors with like the tug of war and the the stone put. So it's a good mix of like the overall winner of a Highland Games will be strong and fast. And then there's a few just traditions that are also, um, you know, part of the Scotland Highland Games. Um, so they have highland dancing which is like scottish dancing it's very similar to irish step dancing i don't know if i've mentioned on here before but i used to do irish step dancing me and my brother both did i probably have mentioned that before Um, but i love highland dancing and irish dancing i really want our kids to get into that at some point um then they do drums and bagpipes because the bagpipes were you know illegal for a long time it's always a huge part of the Highland Games and you know it's just a part of Scottish culture in general so they like to celebrate that which I love. Then there's a funny one called that's haggis throwing that's a tradition that happens. They said it began as a joke in 1970s or in sometime in the 1970s they're not exactly sure when it started but challengers wanted to see how far haggis could be thrown because haggis is a very again Scottish thing so they wanted to see how far haggis could be thrown while standing on the top of a whiskey barrel. Just like, I think just people were drunk and and just goofing around basically, but they climbed on a whiskey barrel and just threw haggis. But now, you know, it caught on because it was so funny to watch, I'm sure. And it caught on, it's, um, it said its popularity soon grew and there's now even a world haggis hurling championship. So that is always part of a good, you know, Scotland Highland game then there's all these tents that people like to go around and usually there's you know if you're part of a a clan or you know which clan you're part of a lot of people set up a tent with you know people's uh what's it called like not your badge what's what is that word i'm forgetting the word but you know it's like you see them a lot in like school Got Scottish and Irish heritages. It's like your family, oh crest, your family crest. So people will put that up and have a whole tent for people to kind of reconnect with their clan or anyone from the same area. They have armories. There's usually a lot of some people with like knives or weapons. as kind of an ode to like these the old games or um, kind of the old reason for these games. And then, um, yeah, there's just a lot of fun. There's a lot of food. There's a lot of drinking. So all these traditions kind of go along with the games and with the actual events. So that is all for me today with the Scotland Highland Games. If you have been to one, let me know, because I am looking for really good ones here, uh, well, in Colorado or actually in Michigan. So if you know any really, really good ones that are hosted in either of those places, let me know. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Make sure to go and review and write a review, rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That really helps the algorithm show it to more people. And I've been very impressed with how many people have found the podcast. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. We will be having our Bible episode on Thursday. And thank you so much. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.